Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5. We are at Lesson 15, and uh, we are looking at the third beatitude, which is, Blessed are the meek. And we, this actually begins in, on page 18. We're in chapter 18, and it begins on page 18. I know that's not where we left off, but I need to start there. <laughs> Otherwise, we're in the middle of a thought. So let me just read that first. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, this, by the way, this third uh, beatitude is unique to Matthew. So Luke has no parallel in it. And he says there, blessed are the meek, Jesus says there, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the physical earth. Now this was actually a quote from Psalm 37 and verse 11. It says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Remember one of the key things about meekness. Remember, again, uh, the Greek word for meekness actually means mild, meek, and humble, but not in the way that we think. Okay? Um, I, I think I like the best comment made um, regarding this was, uh, one commentator said that in ancient Greek literature, the word meek was used to describe powerful war stallions who were responsive and submissive to their masters, so that the power they had was properly directed by their masters. I think that is, that is a real key thing for us to carry into this particular um, beatitude, and that is, it is power under control. It is not a powerless person. It is a very powerful person, but allowing themselves to be directed by someone else, not just doing what they want to do. Amen? Amen. And I think, you know... Probably one of the greatest examples of that is Jesus. You know, as much as we talked about Moses last time, I mean, Jesus is the one that could calm storms and raise the dead. And I mean, he just, he literally could do anything. You know, uh, <laughs> I was having a thought today about something, and I thought, you know, just as much as he could have calmed, he calmed the song, he could have actually raised up a storm. If, it's the same thing, it's all the same principles. Amen. Uh, you know, and so <laughs> we're playing with those ideas of doing certain things. But I, I just think, you know, he was a master of all elements. And when he got mad, you didn't see a thunderstorm coming. No. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, he could have summoned all sorts of things when he was angry. And it would have just literally wiped out, wiped the landscape out. You know what I'm trying to say, amen? But he was a person that literally, this characteristic would describe him perfectly. Amen? He was power under control. It's, he said, I don't do anything that I don't see my father doing. I don't do anything that my father doesn't tell me to do. You know, he was always doing God's will. Amen? Simply put then, meekness is power under control, or controlled strength. And the word carries the ideas of humility and self-discipline. Alright, <clears throat> we, uh, again we went and looked at uh, Moses in Exodus. I'm not going to look at that again. And remember again that he interceded for the nation when they were doing all the wrong things and really, really, you know, I would have sided with God on that one. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but, you know, he stood in the gap, he pleaded for them, and it shows us some of the things that we need to do. Also, we need to understand there are consequences when we do things like that. And you need to be careful where you do that, you know, especially if God wants to go a certain direction and you're standing in, in the way of that. You really need to know your stuff. Amen? Okay. Remember again, Numbers 12.3 described Moses as uh, the, a man who was very meek, 
I mean, on page 20, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So I said there, and let me just read these and then we'll progress on to the next thing we're going to talk about. Here was a man that was willing to put the welfare of others before himself, even when those he was fighting for didn't deserve it. And Jesus was the same way towards us, and why he says of himself, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think it's very interesting that Jesus doesn't say, come to me and I'll judge you. Amen? And we need to be careful that when people come to us, that we're not judging them, that we're not putting them down. You know, one of the things that I've learned is if somebody has the courage to come to you, especially if they've done something wrong, you need to understand that that is a very hard thing they're doing. And it is a, it's so easy for people to judge those things. As soon as you do, you'll never see that person again. Plus, you have now given the devil something to work with. Because he'll use you and what you said about that against that person. And, and push him more and more into depression and all sorts of things. You understand? And that's the reason why you know, we always need to be looking to lift people up. And I think that it's very interesting that Jesus says here, very significant that Jesus says, Come unto me all, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek, isn't that interesting, and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. This is a very important quality for the body of Christ to have. People need to understand that whenever they come to us, that's the kind of person that they're approaching. It is a meek person that will give them rest. Amen? Interestingly enough, one of the synonyms for meekness is humility. And why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, and this is where we left off last week, and verses 3 and 4, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Wow, you know, if we just did this we would have a fantastic society. The body of Christ would just be in such a good place. Amen? The problem is that we don't do this. And uh, you know, notice again, he says, do nothing out of... You need to see this to see the opposite. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, which means that those are the absolute opposites of humility. Amen? So if you're not walking in humility, then this is what you're walking in. I always like to look at the other side of the coin, because a lot of times we see one but not the other. Amen? And uh, I think it's important that we understand that this is what God doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want us to do things out of selfish ambition. You know, what's in it for me? Amen. Okay. But he says, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Now, he said consider them better than yourself. <clears throat> he didn't say they were better than yourself. Do you all know the difference? Okay, so you see, I think one of the problems that we have is we always assume we're better than them. We make assumptions a lot of times in the way we do things. The reason you get angry with someone is you, 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 you make that assumption that they're not as good as you and whatever they did, if they did it wrong, you don't wait to find out why they did it wrong. It's that they did it wrong makes you upset. And it's like you should have known better. You all know what I'm saying? Then you find out the explanation and you go, oh, sorry about that. Hello, <laughs> okay? So if you consider it better than this, you know, if you did this, the, you wouldn't be saying, oh, yeah, just typical of you, did it again. 
you'd be going, hang on a second, I know you, I know you wouldn't do something like that, why did you do that? And then when they explained, you'd go, oh wow, that's, that, was, that was good, you did the right thing. I, how do I know this? Because I did this with my kids in the past, and apologize to them over and over again. <laughs> you know? Especially my little Sarah girl. You know, she would do something. And I, you know, it isn't, it's, it's almost like a bit of a curse, isn't it? That parents always underestimate their kids. It's, it's a thing, you know. I, I guess because you've sort of seen them when they didn't know anything. You know, you kind of think they're still that way after a certain point in time. And they're not anymore. And, uh, you know, I had to come to that realization that, you know, when I look at her and she did something, and I would think, why did you do this? You shouldn't have done that. You know, you know, you know where I'm coming from, right? And, 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 and so she would just, and she's not a person that defends herself. You know, she'll kind of go, sorry, Dad. And then later on, she will, I did this because. And she'll tell me, and I feel about this big. Okay, just, and I think, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. So guess what? Now I decide on the front end not to judge. And that is what I'm doing. At the end of the day. You know, and I just, I just think, well, if you did that, I just say, you know, it was fine. And then I find out why she didn't. It was fine. Amen. Okay, alright. So, it says you do nothing out of selfish ambition or vague conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't always look to see what you know, what's in it for you. Can I just say this? A lot of times if you look to help someone else, I don't know how many times this has happened. I always think I'm helping someone else. And on, you know, in the long run, I'm actually helping myself. Because somewhere down the line that comes back. Whether it's through that person or someone else, it just comes back. Whatever you sow, you reap. Amen? If you do it with a good attitude, it will come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over back to you. Amen. Alright, in other words, a part of being meek and humble is taking interest in others and considering them better than yourself. When you do this, Psalm 25 and verse 9 promises that the meek, he will guide in judgment. And the meek, will he teach his ways. Wow. See, you want God to talk to you? Then be this way. Because there's a guarantee that He will guide how you judge things. I'm, you know, I can say firsthand how that works. Amen? And the other thing He says, He will teach you His way. Don't we want to do things God's way? Amen? If we do things His way, then you've got Him backing you, and He will see to it it works. Amen? could preach on that some more, but I'm moving on. The New International Version puts it like this. He says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. I like that. He guides the humble in what is right. Do you know why He can do that? Because you're not insisting on your own way. Amen. Okay. This tells us that the meek are always open to change. Now, this this is really powerful. Submissive and able to change direction if needed. Can I say all those things again? Okay. The meek are always, first of all, open to change. They have not decided this is how it's going to be. And it's my way or the highway. You know? <laughs> okay. Listen, as a meek person, you need to be open to change. I don't care how much you love it, how much it's your pet project, and how much you've got your arms wrapped around it. Let go. Are you all with me? 
let go because there might be something. <laughs> I just had this image of you know how you know you know the story about how they catch monkeys, right? They stick a nut or something in a bottle, the, it, and you know the monkey sticks its hand in the bottle to pull the nut out, and as soon as it makes a fist, it gets stuck. Now the bottle is attached to a string, and you know the the people that catch them, they say they're so stupid if they just let go. They can remove their hand. But you know, they just... Ha- Have you seen a monkey? They just hang on to it. And you're dragging them and they're like, you know, like one of those Flintstones, you know? They're kind of like, all the way there. And then knock him on the head, put him in the bag kind of thing, you know? And they're done. And they said, they're so stupid that way. They're, if only they let go. And yet, isn't that interesting how we are like that? <laughs> you know? If only we'd let go. And the devil just goes, they're so dumb, they won't let go. I just pull him in, I reel him in, hit him over the head, and they're done. Amen. You'll never forget that story now, will you? Meek monkey wouldn't do that. Amen. All right. So, all right. Notice it says, open to change, submissive, and able to change. Did you get that? See... Some people kind of have this, you know, they'll say, well, yes, all right, let me hear what you have to say. Meanwhile, on the inside, they're going, I'm not going to change. That's why I put the other one in there. They're also willing. They can. Some people would just say, well, you know, let me hear what you have to say. And then you tell them what it is, and they'll say, well, I, I, I can't do that. So you know what, you just do this on your own, and I'll, I'll just bow out here. See, they're not able to change. Okay, let's move on. With that attitude and God's teaching them His way, of course, the meek or humble will inherit the earth, needless to say. Even in salvation, specifically, the saving of our souls, meekness is essential. With the Apostle James saying in uh, James one twenty one, Therefore lay aside all uh, filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Isn't that interesting? It says here, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, the salvation that is spoken of here is actually ongoing. Meaning that not only do you save your soul from hell when you first receive God's word, but that word continues to save you from things such as sickness, poverty, depression, long after you've been saved. So it is the same word that gets you in the kingdom that then keeps you, keeps you there and keeps you well in the kingdom. Do you understand? And progressing in the kingdom. Can I say that? Put it that way? Amen. Because sometimes people get saved, they come in and then they stay there. And they don't make any more progress. It's really sad, you know. Um, and one of the things that we need to be doing constantly is growing. We need to be learning, we need to be growing. And I think, you know, the Lord is looking for that. See, a lot of times people think, well, uh, you know, the Lord loves me as I am. Can I just go here for a second, okay? Well, He accepts me as I am. Yes, He accepts you as you are when you come in, but He doesn't expect you to stay that way. And we really need to learn that lesson. Because, you know, if we don't, then we're going to get to the end, and He's going to look at you and say, I gave you certain talents. I gave you certain abilities. What did you do with them? But Lord, you took me as I was, yes, but then after that, you were made a new creation. You got my spirit put in you. You were given armor. You were given wisdom. I was ready to guide you. What would you do? Well, (laughs) hello. 
Okay, let's let that not be any of us. Amen. All right. So, the Apostle John brings this out when he writes in 3 John and verse 2. This is key. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as, even as. Do you understand even as? You know, if we were writing this in mathematics, we would either put an equal sign or a proportion sign. Which means that this thing increases according to the way this thing on this side increases. If this increases on this side, that will increase on that side. Okay, you turn up the stove and your pot will get hotter and hotter. Do you understand? That's the proportion sign. This is what this is talking about. That your health and your prosperity is directly proportional to the amount of word that you get. How you grow in the Lord. A lot of people are looking for the benefits of being a Christian, or the benefits of being a child of God, without doing any of the work. It's like, here I am God, go on, go on, dump it up, me. I'm ready. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Because the Bible tells us that the, it is the fool that is destroyed by wealth. Amen. So when you come in, you start learning. And as you start learning, then God will start blessing. Amen. And, and there are two things there, and I don't have time to go into them. But very briefly, let me just say this. The one thing is that you do start to learn about the Word of God, and you begin to live a better life, so that you align yourself with God being able to bless you. Amen. The other thing is that you need to know that there are very specific promises that guarantee you that God will bless you. You need both of those things. You know, some people just want to know about the prosperity scriptures so they can claim the prosperity without being, becoming any better than they are. Other people think, if I just become really, really good, God will just bless me. You have an enemy. You have something that's out there to, you know, out there to steal, kill and destroy everything in your life. So you need to know how to fight that as well. Amen? Again, that's the reason why, even as your soul prospers. Amen. Okay. In all our health and prosperity, it is vital that we never lose sight of the fact that it's all God. Oh boy. <laughs> this, I think this is the uh, sin, the error, I don't know what you want to call it, that people in the job market really, this is the sin that they commit. You know, they'll pray and pray and pray. They say, please God, please, get me this job. I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll die, I'll give offerings, I'll do all sorts of things. You know, they promises, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay, and they get the job. And you know, they're working. Because you know, they don't pay you for nothing. You've got to work. And then the attitude is, well, I worked, I got this money, this is my money. Let's read what Deuteronomy says about that. <laughs> See, I want to get you there before I read this. Okay, do not say to yourself... Especially in your heart. My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. I'll keep reading, but I want to stop there for a minute. <clears throat> the key there is you need to understand that God gives you power. How does He give you power? One of the things that He does is gives you favor. Amen. And while everybody else is looked down on, they'll go, well, we, we, can, we can only pick one person from this crowd. God's favor gets all over you, and they'll go, well, we're picking uh, Jamie. That's it. That's all we can. Sorry, the rest of you, go to the unemployment line. We don't want to see you. See you later. Bye. Not that that's going to happen in his work. Well, if he does that, you know. But <laughs> I'm not prophesying anything. Okay, I'm just saying, that's a power. 
We don't realize it. The other thing, you know, power comes in so many different ways. Power comes in, the, in ways of everybody is stumped, doesn't know what to do. You're sitting there looking at it and suddenly you get this bright idea. Don't think it's yours. I know you think you're smart, but you're not that smart. I don't know the number of times I've had ideas. I mean, it's just popped in my head. I wasn't thinking of it to have that pop in my head. Do you understand? You see, there are things that happen that we need to understand. It is God's wisdom coming in. And as soon as we do, I always say, thank you God. Some days I can hear the devil, you know, some days, okay. He's going, oh, come on, why are you giving him thank? Why are you thanking him for You came up with it. I said, shut up. I'd much rather get it wrong on that side and give him more thanks, you know, than not. Because that's the road to not getting any more ideas ever again. So, I also like to rub this in the devil's face. <laughs> anyway, you know, because he's a prideful thing. Do you understand? He always wants to take credit for his work and everybody else's. It drives him crazy when you give thanks to God. Whether it was God or whether it was you. Hello. Just drives him nuts. So I just do that for fun. So <laughs> Plus, you know what? I love God and I just don't know. I just, I reckon that every, uh, to me, every good idea comes from Him. Just as like every good and perfect gift comes from Him, every good idea comes from Him. And so I just keep thanking it. I told you that's the way to keep the door open, to keep going that way. There is another power to get wealth. Do you understand? Because you keep doing that and you keep coming up with ideas constantly. And while everybody is pulling their hair out and running around in circles, you come up with the ideas. And you know it's God. Amen. Amen. And that makes you very employable and a person that they don't ever want to lose. Yes, you have to get to the place where you're, can I use this phrase, unfireable. They, you need to be in a place where they say, we can't afford to fire this guy. To fire everybody else, we just keep this one. <laughs> okay? Some reason this one keeps coming up with all the ideas. Has saved our bacon so many times we can't even count. Hello. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. You remember the Lord, the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. Now I want you to know what it says so that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your ancestors as He is doing today. You know, people say, well see, that's just for the Jews. Excuse me, we are the children of Abraham. We are the children of Abraham. This promise goes right back to Abraham. He says, everybody that, that blesses you will be blessed. Everybody curse you up, take care of it. That's my version. <laughs> okay? And that's why Galatians talks about that we are the children of Abraham. And all of these promises come back to us. So there's a promise that God made a long time ago that belongs to us today. Amen? And we can claim that. Hallelujah. And, and, and you know, one more thing. We need to remember that we need to honor God with whatever we are getting as well. You know, I think that's one of the things that we need to be really careful of what we hang on to and what we let go of. Be spirit-led. Moving on. It is only when we forget this that we end up getting into trouble and experiencing all kinds of adversity that was never meant for us. Can I say that again? And can I just rephrase that a different way? A lot of times people are going, why is this happening? Why are things not doing, going well in my life? Blah, 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 blah. It's kind of, look back on your life. Just have a look and see what you've been doing. You know, I, the only way I can say this is, the, the, the life you're living today is the product of seeds you've sown yesterday. 
If you don't like your life today, start changing the seeds you're planting. Maybe you need to start planting some seeds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay? Whatever it is, just, you know, ask the Lord. Find out. Say, God, why am I, don't complain about why, you know, the, the situation you're in. Ask Him how to change it. And He will start directing your paths. Trust me. You'll be doing different things and it will, it will get you there. All right. Um, so the next time God gives you a job and you excel in it, don't make the mistake of thinking that maybe it was actually your abilities, charm and good looks that got you the job and the success you now enjoy. Because that's the quickest way to lose it all. In fact, we'll do this, we'll, we'll quit here. Uh, in fact, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 warns us, pride goes before destruction. Let me just stop there. <clears throat> That's a statement. That's not an if, that's not a maybe, that's not, you know, 50% of the time or 25% of the time, you know, or, or more often than not. It's not any of those things. This is one of those, if you throw it up, it will come back down. Statements. Do you understand? Okay? Pride goes before uh, destruction. If, if you want to experience destruction, then walk in pride. Go for it. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> no, you, okay? This is what I'm talking about. That when I said that there are things in our life that we look back and you know, we think, how come we're here? Look back on your life. This is one of the things that it says that, listen, you need to understand that if you walk in the opposite of humility, which is pride, you are walking a life that is leading to destruction in every different area. I mean in relationships, in your job, everywhere. Nothing works. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen? And so, whenever that spirit starts to rise up, or somebody around you is like that, and you want to react to that, don't. Because understand that destruction is coming to them. You just, all you can be is sorry and stay away. <laughs> okay? Just don't be there when the lightning strikes. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> all right, amen. And notice it goes and says, and a haughty spirit before a fall. People that, are, I mean, I don't, probably don't need to preach on this much at all, but you know, those people that just think too much of themselves. Nobody wants to hang around people like that. Do you? Can I just share with you something very quickly? Can I give you the opposite? If you want to be the center of attention, be interested in what the people around you want, like, enjoy. Ask them questions. Don't be telling about yourself. Ask them. Say, how are you? What's happening in your life? And find something that you can talk to them about. Do you understand? Amen? And you know what? That's how you become popular. Do you know how you become popular? When you take an interest in others. Wow, that's the secret to life. See, now you, aren't you glad that you came to Bible college today? That's it. You know this now. You can dominate any conversation. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, that was, a, that was a time in my life. And I just really want to share this with you very quickly as we conclude here. This is what meekness is all about. Do you hear what I'm saying? People want to know they're seen. They want to know that you know they exist. Do you hear me? And so the more interest you take in them, the more they want to befriend you the more they want to hang around you. The more you tell them about yourself, the less they want to be around you. Because they've heard it all before. Are you all with me? And that was the lesson that I learned. Because I didn't know. You know, I always think, people, you know, how, what makes people popular? And I, and I was, I was that, that, that teenage awkward kid that just didn't know. Which, you know how, do you, how do you get to the place where you know, people like you? Because you know, teenagers are always looking for that. 
You know, they, they, they find their value in that. And it took me a long time. I didn't know. And I thought maybe, you know, you got to be slick. You got to say all the right things at the right time. You know, just, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, you got to shake her and move her. You know, whatever they call those things. Okay. <laughs> That's not it. People don't like things like that. Those shakers and movers are not good. Listen, you can be motivated, you can be energetic, you can be all those things, but, but always make sure that you're checking with all the people around you. Are they okay with this? Do they have a better idea? Amen? And can, can you weave that into what you're doing? So that they can say, oh, that part was mine. When they're looking for a leader, that's what they're looking for. Somebody that includes them. Not somebody that makes you work for them. Get it? Okay. That's what meekness does. Alright. And so it says, but for all those, and I've said here, and let's conclude with this, all those who remain, or choose to remain meek, and continue in humility before God and man, Jesus promises in Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit, and that is the physical earth. Isn't that incredible? Amen? Amen. All right, let's have a break, and we'll come back and move on to the next beatitude, which is righteous hunger fulfilled.